Hey everyone, this is the Outlaw John Roca here from the Outlaw Nation Podcast Network. Well, if you like any one of the shows that you hear the audio for here on the Outlaw Nation Podcast Network and you want to make your own, well, let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free, which is great. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty awesome. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's right. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's how it worked for me. It'll work for you. everybody welcome to another brand new episode of strong style oh, that's the right shirt. Reppin', reppin', reppin'. oh shit that's right we got ourselves a little brand in action this is the shirt aaron's sister made aaron sent it to me it came literally an hour ago before we we're gonna do the show and i was like perfect timing i didn't even watch it i don't care i'm gonna put it on it's got smooth it's a smooth shirt it feels good on the skin it's nice and soft maybe it's a Soft heather leather. I don't know what they call it, but soft heather t-shirt. But that logo looks beautiful on it. So wow. uh, fantastic stuff. Thank you, Aaron Turner. How are you, my man? I'm doing great, man. I, you know, I'm not wearing my strong style uh, t-shirt. It is uh, in the wash. Um, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I, I did wear it the other day when I went to Home Depot. So oh, if, there's, nice. if, there, if we had fans at Home Depot, they were probably like, oh, wow, cool. They got shirts yeah. now. Well, we're going to make this stuff available soon. Aaron and I were talking off camera before we started. We're going to figure out how to make the uh, how to make this available for some of you that want to buy uh, the Strong Style T-shirt. Some of you expressed interest in it. I'll certainly put it up on the Instagram myself, a picture of me in this shirt. So hopefully it'll drum up some, some interest on that end, and we'll uh, update you as we go along. But, hey, I am the outlaw, John Roker. He is Aaron Turner, and we are going to talk about a bunch of stuff today. And we're going to start off with that Dark Side of the Ring review of that Owen Hart episode they did. We're going to get into Seth Rollins and June Cornette going at each other over Becky Lynch and her pregnancy. And then, of course, we're going to finish off with Ember Moon's comments to backstage that were very emotional for on her end and explore her career and wonder what's next for Ember as uh, she recovers from this Achilles injury, the unfortunate Achilles injury. But we should start where I started at the beginning here, dark side of the ring, Owen Hart. First of all, <clears throat> this uh, Aaron, let me get your thoughts before we get into anything. Aaron, what did you think of this particular episode? You've been kind of, you know, you've been very clear and critical on certain episodes like the Royal Warriors episode, and you like that UWF episode. Where did this episode land for you? Uh, I thought it was great. I really okay. did. Um, I'm glad they called it the final days of Owen Hart, not like the life and times of Owen Hart, because right, they kind of right. quickly uh, went through his history, like with the Blue Blazer and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that they, they hit on it. Um, We'll talk more about like the specifics here in a second because I want to I want to hear your thoughts too. Yeah, but yeah. It really turned me as somebody that um you know you only hear one side of it. You always hear like the Hart family story, so Brett talking about it or right, uh, you know, some Natalia talking about it or somebody like that. But you never get to see like the Martha Hart side of it and her mm -hmm. kids and what they go through and and uh, wow, it was a real eye opener for me personally. Yeah, me too. I think so too. I really enjoyed it. And I didn't, the thing is, I didn't know that much about Owen Hart other than my experience with him um, as, you know, part of the um, nation, right? The nugget. I'm not a nugget. Like yeah. I, I remember that kind of stuff. And I remember him teaming with Brett, but that was like at the tail end of me watching WWE. As soon as Hogan left, I rarely watched WWE until they came back with the Attitude Era. So I missed a large portion of Owen Hart's ascendancy that being said i did catch the tail end of it and getting to see him as i said be part of the nation uh you know he was i'd seen the old clips of him teaming with bret hart uh, or going against bret hart i haven't watched i think i don't think i remember seeing any of those matches between him and bret hart but i've seen the clips 
of them, uh, scenes from them. They're pretty incredible from what I saw. Uh, but And I remember I was at a, a, a restaurant in Tallahassee where we went to go see them when I was attending Florida State. We went to go see these pay-per-views. I remember being there with my friend Andre Gordon, who I used to host a, a, a wrestling show with on YouTube as well. I remember being there with him, and we were like we were there watching it. We remember them saying the Blue Blazer. Uh, they went to dark and then didn't come back on for like two minutes or however the five minutes it was, whatever it was. We thought the the thing had gone out. We were freaking out. It was like the Sopranos. We thought the cable had gone out. We were all freaking out. And then, you know, uh, JR comes on and tells us what the situation is and that he fell. And, of course, we don't have social media at that time. There's no one on Twitter. Right. There's no one, uh, you know, communicating uh, that kind of stuff. So you have no idea what's happening uh, or what happened. Um, and so then when you found out later, of course, that he died and they kept going with the pay-per-view and JR made the announcement, it was kind of crazy that they kept. And I remember that being the first moment that like, it was like, wait, what, why did this go on? Like that icky feeling of like, well, I would just watch that pay-per-view, but then it shouldn't have gone on, but should it have gone on? Does the show go on business? All of those things that went into my brain at the time, but yeah. Pretty uh, sad situation overall, tragic situation overall. And I thought the documentary did a nice job of building up to that moment and then the aftermath of that moment, uh, showing Martha Hart's real strength in the situation. Yeah, and unfortunately, you're only going to hear one side of it because Brett's not in this. Uh, no one else yeah. from the Hart family is in this. Um, not his brother Smith, not Keith, none of the other Hart brothers or anything like right. that. Of course, you know, Jen, the Anvil and Davey, we both lost them. So we don't have them right. to talk to. Right. Um, but it was it was very eye opening in the sense that Martha Hart has really been this person um, that unfortunately has been vilified by many wrestling fans for not, you know, not allowing him to, you know, have a wwe action figure anymore or be in the right. hall of fame or right. uh they did make a dvd about owen's accomplishments i feel like recently but mm. uh, you know just not allowing him to be a part of his legacy to be a part of these wwe things mm -hmm. and i for the longest time i was like wow martha hart's really terrible for doing that like how could she keep owen away from you know what he loved to do yeah. And I heard Brett on a, a podcast once say that, you know, he hasn't talked to Martha Hart in like 20 years or some crazy yeah. like like since, since this happened, which is just really sad to say right. the least that that's your sister-in-law and you have it in your nephews and nieces that you haven't talked to, which, by mm -hmm. the way, the uh, Hart family bloodline is strong, man. Mm -hmm. his, his Owen Hart's uh, daughter and uh, son look just like him. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's crazy to see that, but yeah. uh, you know they did talk. It, it was a lot of of gloom and doom, unfortunately, in that in that and and towards the end it got a little bit lighter. But one thing I do want to bring up, yeah. um, that they didn't really bring up in this uh, documentary is that Owen Hart um, was a notorious ribber. I think uh, yeah, yeah, notorious prankster. Yeah, uh, which was great. It's in a deleted scene. A Dark Side of the Rings Twitter put it up yesterday. There's a deleted scene where they talk about him being a ribber. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to talk about something else, like the stories that you hear about him being frugal. Mm -hmm. And like uh, he would, you know, you go to the airport. It's like late at night. There's fans there wanting autographs or whatever from these wrestlers. By the way, don't ever do that. It's annoying. And um, <laughs> they come up to Owen Hart, like, "Hey, can I get your autograph?" Uh, oh yeah, sure. Hey. Uh, can I stay at your place tonight? And then like Owen Hart would sleep on a fan's couch and have wow. fans take him to the arena. Oh yeah. Very frugal. Mick Foley did that too. Like just, wow. just smart ways to get around, you know, travel, like, you know, use your fans to your advantage a little bit. And I'm sure people were overjoyed to have, Hey, Owen Hart slept in my basement last night. And what do you hey, do? I drove. Do you, cancel? do you cancel your reservation? Do you have a reservation? Like, what do you do in that situation? I, I think he just was winging it, dude. Like, I really think he just was like, you know, I'll, I'll find some fan. They'll take me there. And not like in a, not like a malicious way or like, not like in a, in a snooty way with like uh women or anything like that. Like not to hook up with women, just like, you know, oh, I know this person's going to be a fan. So let's just go ahead and I'll just go sleep on their couch. Like right. kind of smart. And uh, I mean, nowadays it'd be kind of dangerous to do that, but of course yeah. um, <laughs> I just thought that was really cool. A really cool little interesting thing about Owen and um, yeah, him and Brett, of course, that's where uh, they talk about the documentary. That's where Owen really took off as his rivalry with Bret Hart. WrestleMania 10, Owen beats Bret Hart in probably the greatest opening WrestleMania match in a long time, uh -huh. if not the best. Um, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio might have something to say about that, but um, excellent opening matchup. And then Owen and Brett did it again at SummerSlam in the big blue cage, if you remember that, mm -hmm. uh, for the World Heavyweight Championship. But and, and Bret Hart was keen on letting Owen 
you know, give Owen the belt, make yeah. Owen the world champion there at one point. And it just wasn't something that came to fruition. And something that the documentary also didn't hit on that I wish it would have was that career after Brett left. They talked about it so briefly mm-hmm. um, with the Blue Blazer. They really overshadowed his little run against Shawn Michaels right. and the Nation run. They didn't really mention that at I all. I know. You know, they tried to push this narrative that not they couldn't figure out what to do with Owen. It was like, that's a that's a that's that's an opinion on your end as filmmakers. Because I thought that I'm not a nugget thing. That was huge. I yeah. remember that was massive. massive. Uh, and the Nation stuff was massive as well so that's where sometimes you have filmmakers or people involved in a production who decide what they think uh had value what didn't uh because they're maybe they have their opinion and they don't want to ask other people about it uh or they want to fit it into their narrative that the you know the wwe was at fault because they didn't know what to do with him creatively they desperately turned to the blue blazer and that's why he was hooked up to that thing and why wwe is at fault so i agree with you in that way that it wasn't they didn't really uh, give him uh, enough credit after Brett had left about what he was able to do and what the creative was able to do with him. I'm not saying creative get it all right, but right. glossing over it, I think, is a mistake as well. I, I can't remember who it was on the show. Was it Chris Jericho maybe that said, could you imagine like Owen Hart at that time was going to yes. break out because of Edge coming in and like all yep. these other people that he would have. Kurt Angle. Hardy's Kurt Angle. Oh, my God. He would have had bangers those guys and yeah I, I thought about that for a second i was like oh my god he's right like that would have been amazing but the blue blazer thing just never you know the blue blazer was before my time watching wrestling and then it was it came back and i was like okay this is a stupid goofy gimmick and they're gonna <laughs> hand it from the rafters to kind of mimic sting but i tell you man the the holy shit moment of that episode for me was that martha hart has the clip yeah that failed that whoa I was yeah. like, oh, whoa, wait a second. I don't know how in God's name like she could have that thing. Like That right. just shows her bravery right there. I couldn't look at it. I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to look at it. I wouldn't want to touch it. I wouldn't want to smell it. Like, unreal. And that she, you know, the WWE just gave her a box of Owen's gear and is just like, here. Like, it's just yeah. unbelievable stuff. And, you know, Martha really comes out of this documentary finally having her side told. And I think overall, I think that's a great thing. And what you were talking about, yeah, professional wrestling matches or professional wrestling fans uh, have, you know, vilified her. And Owen deserves to be celebrated. I loved her response. There's no damn Hall of Fame anywhere. There's not even a Hall hallway. There's not a Hall of Fame hallway. There's nothing. So it's just there for them to make money off my dead husband's name. And why the hell would I let them honor a man that they killed? And so I thought that was brilliant and absolutely her. If Owen never gets in the WWE Hall of Fame, it does not matter. What matters is we all remember what he did. People will go back and watch his matches on the WWE Network. If you want to keep his legacy alive, you want to do your bit for to put him in a proverbial Hall of Fame, then you pass on his matches to other people that you meet who are getting into professional wrestling. Your family, your previous generations, younger people coming in to pro wrestling who you meet as you're getting older in life tell them about Owen Hart tell them about what matches to watch that's your way personally to put him in a hall of fame but in no way is Martha under any responsibility to put him in the hall of fame or let the WWE kind of have closure for themselves because that's really what they would do and that's that clip of Vince being an absolute asshole in that deposition you're just like yeah this is what you get this is why guys like him succeed in the way they do they're pugnacious they're jerks and yeah they'll go out and take the stunner from their you know fellow uh, wrestling guy that they uh pay you know pay his check at a bar uh but in the long run it's all about the dollars and it's all about defending themselves and instead of admitting wrong you're just pugnacious and you're an asshole i mean you saw how he smacked the clipboard out of bob costas's hand you saw how he got dr d to slap in essence, uh, John, uh, uh, whatever his name is, Stossel, John Stossel. Uh, so you you see that this is a this is a pattern. This is a trend of Vince, and Vince is only more powerful than he's he's as powerful as he's ever been now with the company and whatever. And he's trying to buy the XFL, doing these shady tactics to by suing Oliver Luck and trying to buy the XFL. So it's no surprise that he would try to get out of this thing. But in the long run, eighteen million dollar settlement, man. I mean, yeah. 
all you had to do was check that fucking clip and you wouldn't be out $18 million, but he didn't check it and he's out $18 million. So it just goes to prove, you know, if they're just like a car and they're, they're like a, a auto manufacturer. They're like, well, what's the cost versus, you know, benefit analysis here by keeping this part in the car? How much can I ultimately get sued for? Oh, it's less than the profit? Then screw it. I'm just going to let it be in there. So you see all that. And it's the same thing that happened here. And the clip, you're right, man. The clip was kind of mind blowing that she still has it, man. Yeah, that, that shook me, like, to my core. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to front. Like, I'm sitting here watching this documentary. I'm crying. Like, I'm yeah, just, I just can't handle it because I'm such a big Hart fan. Like, I love the whole Hart family. Like, it started with Brett, and then, you know, it goes on to Anvil and Davey, and then, yeah. you know, you get Owen later because you just start, as you grow as older as a wrestling fan, like, you're not a kid. You understand how wrestling works yeah. to an extent, and you appreciate the art of it, and you appreciate great wrestlers. And Owen was such a great wrestler. That like it was hard. It, it's just it's hard every moment to see something that he's in for me, and I'm just yeah. like yeah. sitting there watching this documentary. And then you got Jim Cornette on there, who we'll talk about later in, in mm -hmm. a different way. But you know, Cornette was Owen Hart's manager, and he, yeah, he talked about how you know when Jim Cornette's going to break down about something, like it's it's pretty serious. When Corny's yeah. breaking down, I'm sitting there like, you're right, man. Like he said, he shouldn't have been there. It was a stupid idea. It should have yeah. never happened, and he'd still be here with us teaching generations of wrestlers if he wanted to do that yeah. but something else the documentary touched on and was you know a famous Owen Hart stuff was that his life was not professional wrestling right like that's something that he did and that's something that yes he did love because it was the family legacy and he did all of this stuff but yeah. it wasn't him all he wanted to do was get enough money to go live with his family and yeah. stay with his family and have the white picket fence and the dog and the, and the kids running around in the front yard, sipping lemonade with his wife until they grow old at the retirement home. That's all he ever wanted, man. And it yeah. just absolutely kills me that he lost his life over a faulty latch, you know, whatever you want to call it, whatever happened, just it's, oh man, it just, it kills me. And, you know, referee Jimmy Corderas is in this documentary and he's talking about when he's in the ring when Owen falls. Yeah. And, you know, they say when Owen's falling, they say, look out, look out, because Owen didn't want to fall on anybody and hurt them. And that's just yeah. he knew he was done. And then he didn't want to hurt anybody else on the way down. It just well, it kills me. Yeah. And the two things like you just talk about the clip, the clip shook me, but also him saying I felt something brush by my face. Right. So uh, the referee Cordero, he was there. And Owen was that close to uh, mm -hmm. to him. He could have killed the referee as well. Uh, maybe even splattered him in in front of people, in front of kids in the front row, or whatever. And he said, "I I, I was holding onto the top rope, and the top rope like came out of my hand because of the weight and the speed that Owen was falling." And yeah, heard him say, "Look out, look out, look out," because he knew he was going to die probably or hurt hurt himself pretty severely. But he didn't want to hurt anybody else, you know. And the fact that they came up with this thing right at the end, uh, it wasn't. And and you know, but there was a little bit of fairness here. Owen didn't check it because he trusted these guys. Uh, um, and he didn't pull that lever like they said. Uh, he, he he didn't pull that thing. Uh, you know, there was no evidence that he pulled that thing that would have let him fall down, fall uh, that far. So uh, all of it seems to come back to the situation where better people should have been in a situation like that to make sure he was taken care of. Uh, and it seems like they weren't. Uh, and certainly the judgment will further reinforce that for the $18 million that they gave to Martha Hart. And, you know, the thing is, I think, Aaron, you bring up a great point. He was not professional wrestling was not his life. And, you know, some people are like that. Some people like I do it. It's I'm good at it. Uh, it's it, and everyone talked about in the document how he was a natural. Uh, he was a natural at it. So for him, it was easy to be this. But he always had his eye on something more like when they were when he was home. He didn't talk about professional wrestling. It was about the kids. It was about this stuff. And look, he married a doctor. Right. He married someone who is who is as far away from professional wrestling as you can get. And she to honor him because she knows who he really is, uh, is why she set up these foundations, why she set up the things that she set up is to honor his legacy and to honor his good heart and to honor what he would have probably been doing eventually after he retired wrestling was giving back to the community and helping others uh, and leaving a strong legacy of, uh, of brotherhood and and uh, a commitment to community amongst the people who need this kind of assistance. And so overall, I just thought that she came out so great from this and it was so, and she didn't come off inauthentic or somehow right. with an ax to grind or carrying a grudge. 
for her is it's a very simple logic to this whole thing and there is no and her kids are not they didn't feel like they were being interviewed and they were like you know we have to say this none of that they both felt the same way about this situation which lets you know that owen didn't really push professional wrestling on those young kids growing up in their formative years or else they might have been like well my dad always loved it my dad no they were like if this wasn't around he'd still be here and that's a really powerful statement yeah i mean it's just the owen hart foundation has done so much for single moms and you know building a house like that's that's amazing like how could you ever fault her for doing that probably took some of that 18 mil and did that but i mean it's just the whole story is, is awful. And when it's one of your favorite wrestlers and your favorite wrestling families, it hurts even more. I get it. Like that's, sure. that's where it hurts me. But one of the, the most damning things in this whole entire show was when Martha Hart was talking about the show going on. And, and yeah. we should probably talk about this, but she said, you know, the show's still going on. We're still wrestling. My husband's blood is on the mat and you're still have people wrestling. Right. And, you know, there's no like Jeff Jarrett has to do a promo right after and he's crying. He is bawling. And, and they tell Jim Ross like, OK, uh, oh, Owen died. Three, two, right. one, go. Like, it's just what like yeah. it, I talked about this with my buddy TJ because he's like the guy that keeps me level headed about wrestling yeah. when I get upset. And I was just like, how did they like, how did they not stop this event? And he was like, you know, man, he's like it, nothing like that will ever happen. Like you never expect anything like that to happen. Right. So they just, it's kind of like a knee jerk reaction to just, you know, the show must go on. It's like the show business mentality. Like right. someone on stage dances, breaks their leg. Well, get them off stage. We got to The show's got to go on like yeah, stuff like yeah. that in that case. But when Martha Hart was saying it's a crime scene. Yeah. I was like, it is a crime scene. Yeah, it you're right. Crime. It is a crime scene. Absolutely. Like they probably should not have been wrestling. But who am I to say like what to do in that situation? It's right, just right. it doesn't fit either way. I don't I don't know how to feel about it. I think you're just I think you have to create space, right? Uh, and it's fair to be con- uh, to condemn the WWE absolutely and Vince for going forward, but at the same token, you have to throw a little bit of understanding in there and say, well, it, everyone is probably in a state of shock because this had really yeah. never happened before. People have been hurt in matches. People have had their necks broken in matches, but no one had died and fallen from that far, and no one that beloved. You know, I think that was a really a huge other part of this is that Owen was so beloved by everybody in the back from what they were saying and the commentators that the idea that he would be the one that this would happen to is a double whammy as well. Such a good soul, such a funny guy, like you said, a ribber. He was great at that kind of stuff, but people always took it good naturedly. And so they loved him. And to have him die in this way, uh, they're probably all just in shock, right? And at the yeah. end of the day, professional wrestling, when you strip away all the pyrotechnics and the titantrons and the nice outfits and the, you know, the flashy clothes and all this shit, at the end of the day, it's a traveling circus. And as a traveling circus, you the show must go on because fans have paid to be in that stadium to watch that show. You just sweep the blood off the mat and keep going. And unfortunately, that's what sometimes uh, a lot of professional wrestling promoters or owners uh, default back to that mentality that the show must go on and, it, and you're a carny. You're essentially a carny. And sometimes the WWE has done that. And uh, I have no shame saying that. And I think it's very true uh, and unfortunate uh, as well. But yes, I think you still have to have a little bit of understanding that everybody's in shock. Nobody knows what... I mean, JR could have said... Uh, screw you, I'm not going on the air. The king, king could have said the same thing. The wrestlers could have refused to wrestle. It could have been a mass thing where everybody's like, nope, nope, we're not doing it. You need to stop this event right now. But of course, everyone's in shock. So no one has their like uh, druthers to fight back or stop or not want to wrestle, you know? And it's crazy. It's crazy to think about, you know? Yeah, I, the most recent case I could think of of someone passing away in the ring is uh, Rey Mysterio was in the, the ring with uh, Pero Guayo Jr., and Rey Mysterio right. broke like a- accidents happened, broke his neck. Uh, Paraguayo passed away in the mm-hmm. ring. They didn't continue with the match. They just stopped it right there. It was mm-hmm. very, very sad. You know, Pero was very well beloved in Mexican wrestling, and just you know, sad thing for Rey Mysterio's career, but uh, as well. But it's just you never expect something like this to. Ha- I mean, look at the the days we're living in now. You never expect something like this to happen either. Right. So, so people are all over the place with. You know, oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. Yeah. Nobody really knows what the hell is going on. It changes day by day. It so it's just like, I, I think if it was, of course, if it was today, I think it would 
be much different scenario. I don't think he would be continuing on with the match. I think he would have a lot of problems. And even with the social media today, like it would just be an oh, absolute shit show. There's no way you continue with the no. wrestling if social media is around now. There's no way. There's no way because people are tweeting out from the arena what they saw. And yeah, it was dark, but enough people probably heard the thud. And the screen sure. on the way down. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. absolutely true. Uh, we got a super chat that's come in here uh, real quick. Uh, uh, Aaron. Tommy Tom, he said it was great to see Martha's side. Sad seeing wrestling fans attack over Owen not being in the Hall of Fame. Do you all think this may quell some of the criticism unfairly thrown her way? Hashtag hit that like. That's right, guys. Hit that like button on this video. Uh, we got, what, about 35 of y'all in here. Please give us a like uh, on there. Uh, where are we at likes-wise? I have to... It's a weird thing YouTube today. I have to refresh it every single time to see how many likes we've got on this thing. But yeah, a 16. Guys, get us up to above 35, for God's sakes. If you're watching this, give us some love here. What do you think, Aaron? Do you think this documentary, if more wrestling fans watch it, will uh, kind of quell some of the criticism real quick? Brad Gilmore earlier, uh, a few weeks ago, asked, why are we doing this dark side of the ring? Why do we need to see the underside of wrestling? Well, here's the answer. Yeah, Just this, this episode right. alone. Yeah. yeah, I think it absolutely will quell some of And I talked about at the top of the show, like just uh, my opinion of Martha Hart has definitely changed because I've only yeah. heard one side like my entire life for the past 21 years that Owen Hart has been dead. You've yeah. only heard one side and it's the Hart family like, oh, we want Owen in the Hall of Fame. Oh, we want Owen wrestling figures. Right. Buddy, I want Owen Hart wrestling figures too. <laughs> Believe me, I got a collection. It's a hole in the collection. I could use some. But it's it's fine because... Like you said, the WWE Hall of Fame doesn't exist. It's yeah. not a thing. It's not a physical not a thing. thing. In your brain, in my brain, we all know Owen Hart's a Hall of Famer, so it yep. doesn't have to be validated by some ring you get from Jostens that costs $250. Shout out to Jostens just in case they want to be a you know sponsor <laughs> down the road. But I'm just saying, like you get a class ring for $250, and now yeah. you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I get it. And for some guys, it's for some wrestlers, some guys and girls, it's going to be their only validation in the wrestling business. I think right. somebody like Bruce, the barber beefcake probably is the only validation in the wrestling business. Is he a hall of famer in my eyes? No, he's not. Right. I mean, same thing with like Mark Henry is Mark Henry, a hall of famer in my eyes. Absolutely not. Yeah. And it's just these different, some of these guys are only get their validation. Harlem heat is a tag team went for years and years and years without being recognized. Booker T already in the hall of fame. Right. Didn't matter to probably to him as much meant the hell hell of a lot to his brother Stevie Ray, I'm sure, true. to be a Hall of Famer with his brother. So it's a case-by-case -case basis, but in the case of Owen Hart, doesn't need to be in there, and Martha yeah. Hart came out of this looking like a saint, and I'm so glad I got to hear her side. Me too, man. I would love to know more about her foundation, and maybe down the road, brother, it'd be nice to have her on. I don't know if she's willing oh, to do interviews about this to. kind of stuff, but we'd love to have her on, I imagine, and have her and hear her side of it and talk about her and what she's doing and what they're doing with that feder uh, that foundation and why, how she's handling things ever since. Because there are no signs that she is changing, and it's generational. Her son said the same thing. If my mom passes, I no way am I letting them do the Hall of Fame either. So I love that there's at least one heart, one side of the Hart family that is like, no, we're not giving in to any kind of closure that you want. Bret Hart gave in eventually, came back to the WWE. Yeah, he you know, he's a lifer. And you understand, but you have to understand too, I think it's fair to say that the Hart family is conflicted over this because I'm sure there are some people who don't like the fact that the WWE was careless and their uncle or their cousin or their brother or their, you know, their, their family member died as a result. Other people, the old school vibe of like, well, you just keep going. You don't sue the guy who gave you a job. You know, that, that kind of that old school blue collar mentality. So you have two warring, uh, you know, points of views going at it. So I bet there's more people in that Hart family who do understand Martha's point of view of it, but they're probably just afraid to talk about it because there's other people who shout them down in that family because they're all such lifers and generational lifers uh, to the business and especially to the WWE. Well said. Well said. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. Oh, we got two more super chats here that came through here, Aaron. We got Tommy Tom. He sent another one. He said, with Jericho as a host and I believe producer, how much uh, uh, how much say, maybe he's trying to say, how much say do you think he has in it? Seems like Owen, Benoit, and a few others he has personal ties to and wants to highlight for the families in some episodes. Um, I don't know because Benoit, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Jericho has not come out and done multiple interviews about this season necessarily it's been more the guys who make uh dark side of the ring who've come out and done interviews about it so i don't know how much jericho has a say in this because i mean i don't think dutch dutch uh 
Dutch Mantel, yeah, had much say last season when he did the voiceover. So I don't know how much say Jericho might have. I think Jericho, uh, certainly Jericho has more input in terms of the yeah. interviews and the things he's saying about these people. But I don't know if he has much input in the direction of the episodes themselves. Yeah, I don't think he's having direction in the episodes. I think if anything else, he's a good bridge to get to these people because yeah. he did have uh, Nancy Benoit's sister on uh, his podcast right. and interviewed her about that. He had Martha Hart on. Uh, talk is Jericho talking about it. So if anything else, he's just a good bridge to get these people's stories told. I don't know if he has a monetary stake in it, probably, but um, I don't think that's his driving force. Jericho has always been, uh, you know, trying to get these family stories out and tell the whole story. That's always yeah. been his thing from day one. That's why talk is Jericho is probably one of the best wrestling podcasts out there. Yeah. And Jericho does a great job of showcasing people that may not otherwise get showcased. And that's why Dark Side of the Ring is important. Yes, there are stories about gloom and doom and people dying, and it's very sad, but it's also stories about people that would never get their due otherwise because no. they get swept under the rug because their name's not Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Right. And it's right. just it's just a better way to do it, and I'm all for it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one more here from Dodger Ryan. He said, hey, John and Aaron, another great match of Owen was the Heart Dungeon match versus Ken Shamrock. Hilarious spot was when Ken's head broke the ceiling classic stuff i don't know if i ever saw that one owen hart versus uh, ken shamrock in a dungeon is that what it was oh yeah the, the hart family dungeon if you notice in the dark side of the ring he's wearing that lion's den shirt uh, owen hart was in one yeah. uh, video so i thought that was pretty cool nice little callback there yeah we could talk about ken shamrock in a whole other episode like a whole i could talk a whole episode about ken shamrock and how he should have been wwe heavyweight champion but we'll save that for another time because right. Ken Shamrock's 100 times better than Ronda Rousey was in the ring. That's not a knock. I'm just saying. <laughs> that is a knock. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, classic stuff. Love that kind of stuff. <laughs> Own up to your knock, Aaron. That's a total knock. Uh, hold on. Knock. I love Ronda. Uh, let me hit some of these comments that aren't super test. I thought some people had some tough things or strong things to say. A lot of people saying, Roka, you got to watch that world or that WrestleMania 10 match. I absolutely will put it on after we're done with this show. Uh, Ed Haskell says that Owen DVD is not good. It's meh. Okay. Barely has any of his great matches. No photos. I watched an interview with Brett yesterday from four to five years ago. Brett said Owen's wife won't let WWE use many of Owen's matches, can't use childhood photos and more. Brett also said the questions he was asked for the in the interview for it were BS questions, couldn't answer in certain ways and more. All Sounds right. about right. That makes sense. Um, let's see. Becky Lynch's match is that WrestleMania. Her favorite match is that WrestleMania match, WrestleMania 10, between uh -huh. Owen and uh, um, there. And here's Joe Self. He said, I was there live. The night Owen Hart died, they oh, didn't man, announce to the live crowd that he had passed away. I didn't find out until I got home that night. Yeah, Aaron, mm -hmm. we heard my experience of it. Were, were you watching when it happened? What were you doing, or did you hear about it later? No, I mean, this is 19, was this 1999, so I'm 13 years old. I don't know what I was doing, Little League game or something. I don't know what I was so doing. you weren't but... a massive uh, wrestling fan at that 13. Well, I, I no, I was. I just, I, dude, I can't afford pay-per-views. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like. My dad built railroad cars, man. We couldn't be yeah. affording pay-per-views like that. But, fair uh, enough, Aaron. Fair but, enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure I heard about it the next day or uh, later that night or, you know, through the whispers of the grapevine at elementary school or yeah. middle school the next day. Someone said, hey, Owen Hart died. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And, yeah, that's probably how I heard about it, I'd imagine. <laughs> well, that's why we went to watch him at the um, at that restaurant because we oh, didn't yeah. pay for to go in we'd have to we just had to buy food and drinks but we didn't have yeah. to pay uh for the pay-per-view they do that uh tommy thompson's mad props to martha such an amazing woman and the entire family her sure. her side of the family i think we're sure. talking about um uh i thought jericho said on some other doc the thought was the clip wasn't effective but owen's father boa got caught in the latch huh feather boa feather boa right feather boa got caught in the latch Owen probably pulled the boa, which unlocked the latch. Is that what you've heard that before? I have not heard that, but it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if that happened. I mean, it's who knows, right? Who right. knows what happened? Right. I agree. But one, but one more thing I do want to bring up. Sure. Um, this is a little bit of an addendum. Allegedly, there is a tape in the WWE archives that does have the video of Owen Hart falling to his wow. death. Wow. allegedly for for litigation purposes of course right and allegedly it's labeled uh do not copy do not delete and do not view so wow. that's alleged now that has never been confirmed but there you know there's a few tapes like that apparently that exist in the wwe library do not delete do not copy and do not view so yeah, yeah. let's keep that out there 
Well, Jay said you didn't have to rely on your dad. You could ask your mother to order the pay per view. Yeah, well, uh, well, my mom was a nice lady, but we'll, we we don't have to talk about that. That dark side of dark side of the strong side dark side of, of my childhood. I don't think we need to talk about that. <laughs> uh, best line from the dungeon match was Jerry Lawler saying he hit a dumbbell with a dumbbell. <laughs> King man. Oh, oh, Jay is saying that his mother ordered the pay per view and that she was livid that WWE didn't end the show. After really? Death. Okay. Well, she's, so some she's people were right. aware that this was the wrong thing to do. Who were watching? So yeah, shout out to them. <clears throat> Let's see here. I was I was I watched 99 over the edge the night Owen Hart died. I was 12 or 13 at the time. Damn. I was totally shocked <laughs> after the announcement. It was double shocked that kept the show uh going. So he got to watch that 13 years old, just letting you know, Aaron. Um, there you go. Know. Uh Chris Taylor says that you start next season with Brian Pillman and end the season with China. I think a China dark side of the ring should be a double, it should it's be a two-parter. Good. That'd it be two be, good ones. Right? Yeah, and it should be a two-part of the China one. <clears throat> Pillman, I think you can do in one episode, but China, you got to do two. You got. I think Eddie. I think Eddie Guerrero should get his own as well. I think. Absolutely. I think it's about time for an Eddie Guerrero one. Uh, yeah, a lot of good stories to come up on Dark Side of the Ring. I don't think Dark Side of the Ring is going to go away for a long time. I think it's got good staying power. No, nope. as long as there's so many wrestlers who experience these situations and people who are willing to talk about it, why wouldn't it? And you know, for you may not like an episode, but you can't argue the construction and the way it's done. You can tell there's care Absolutely. behind it. Oh, 100%. They may not fill it in with enough information that you feel is satisfactory but there's care here and you got and it's a good thing overall it's a good thing um all right let's move on to our next subject and let us know what you thought about it as well in the comment section if you're watching after we've recorded this live feel free to leave a comment down below and let us know what you thought about it and what moved you all about uh, wrestlemania 10 oh sorry not WrestleMania. sorry about the uh, the dark side of the ring episode if you saw the wrestlemania 10 match and what you think were some of uh, owen hart's highlights as a professional wrestler uh, in the WWE, um, or if some of you have seen it outside the WWE, his stuff he did there as well. Uh, all right, uh, Aaron, what do we got next here on the news front, my man? Oh, boy. So now we're going to talk about Seth Rollins uh, speaking out <laughs> against Jim Cornette, our good buddy Jim Cornette. <laughs> Wait, uh, our so, good buddy is your good buddy. Okay, my good buddy Jim Cornette. Um, so if, you don't, if you're not aware, Jim Cornette made some comments about <laughs> Becky Lynch um, and her pregnancy. Um, I, I'll, let me quote it here for you. This Please. is from uh, Jim Cornette's podcast. He said, what would you do if your wife came home and said, instead of making a million dollars next year, I'm going to basically be just a raging bitch for the next nine months and then give you even more shit to worry about around the house? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I, I, anyway, let's finish out the story and we'll talk about it all as a whole. Stiff. I, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. It's a Bob Holly shot, is what that is. But uh, Steph, uh, Seth Rollins did speak out about it. Of course, the uh, father of, of the child, as he would. <laughs> um, Seth Rollins was on uh, After the Bell, the Corey Graves podcast this week. And here's what he said uh, It hurt my feelings on a personal level because Jim Cornette is someone who is a legend in our industry and someone who I've personally worked with at Ring of Honor. Uh, for him to come out and say real negative things, some real misogynist things about women in general and pregnancy in the industry, it caught me kind of caught me off guard, made me lose a lot of respect for somebody that a lot of people already kind of lost respect for. And I was still holding on to hope that somewhere along the line, there was a personal co- connection between Jim and I, and he would think twice before making some egregious comments about women, about my wife, mm-hmm. that were just completely, and I can't even forgive them, I don't even want to repeat them. Yeah, wow. Powerful, powerful stuff. The thing is, what Jim is saying, like, you can, how can I say this correctly? Jim is one of those guys that has made a living being outrageous. And the thing is, once you go outrageous, you have to keep topping it, right? The Alex Joneses, uh, the Stephen A. Smiths, uh, these guys who come out and they say the most ridiculous stuff sometimes, and they double down on it, but fans love it. For whatever reason. Why? Because there are so many fans who think we live in a politically correct world who want to be able to say these things if they want to say these things and don't want to be raked over the coals for it. Cornette's one of those guys. Now, that being said, I love Cornette on Dark Side of the Ring. I think he's essential for every episode they do. He's got incredible points of views. He's very eloquent about them. And he's funny to watch. And he's interesting to watch and engaging to watch. And certainly, as Aaron mentioned earlier, seeing him tear up about, oh, and got me. Got me. And I, that that is really something uh, that you can count on with Jim Cornette in every one of these episodes. He's an authentic dude in terms of when he's sitting down talking about this stuff. 
Is he sometimes fibbing or telling, you know, stretching the truth a little bit? Probably. But overall, you do sense that he's authentic in where he's coming from. And a comment, comments like this throw you off, but he has to keep a brand going, which is the outrageous Jim Cornette. And it helps him get views and helps him get downloads and, and sponsors and what have you. But I thought this was just, I mean, I thought the fried chicken thing was a step too far. This is even farther a step too far because this is a young woman who has every right to do with her body what she damn well pleases. And if she wants to have a baby at the time in her life when she's 33 years old, because she knows she's, she can't just, because she wants to have a baby. She wants to have a Seth Rollins' baby. She wants to have a baby of her own. She wants to be able to raise it. She doesn't want wrestling injuries to affect how she can raise this child, things of that nature. I think that's important here. She made a decision. Seth, you know, they, they made a decision together as a couple. They're going to have this baby. And yeah, she's walking away for a million dollars per year. But I think she's getting even greater credential with with the fans that she is willing to walk away from such a lucrative situation to have her child because so many wrestling fans are families they come from families it's passed down from family members to younger family members so they get it this idea of walking away to have a family and it certainly doesn't mean she can't come back trish has come back and wrestled after kids many of female wrestlers have probably come back and wrestled after having children uh certainly fabulous mula had a child and was wrestling for so many years so it doesn't mean she can't wrestle or won't wrestle and there's no way and wrestlers take a break all the time for injuries she could go away for a year and when becky lynch got announced at wrestlemania the place would lose their mind so she's the kind of person that isn't going to lose anything by going away for a year what do you think uh, well said. Um, I'll just start right there. But, you know, I am a big Jim Cornette fan. Jim Cornette's a Southerner. I'm a I'm a Southerner, I guess. Uh, he's from Kentucky. I'm from West Virginia. Um, he talks about a lot of the same wrestling that I grew up with as a kid that I love. A lot of the same wrestlers. We talk the same kind of language in, in yeah. terms of that Southern style. But the thing <laughs> the thing is, though, that even I can can recognize a, a habitual line stepper as yeah. charlie murphy would say he's a <laughs> habitual line stepper that's Stop. for sure exactly and he he stepped over the line this time and, and sometimes corny corny being corny will get out so far you got a real corny back in because corny yeah. gets a little crazy i know he has great respect for seth rollins and their time of ring of honor so right. i don't know where this came from uh, I, like like you said you know it's the problem in america today or in the world today if a woman wants to do whatever the hell she wants to do with her body, then let her, right. she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Her body, her choice. Right. Uh, you know, and at 33, Becky Lynch is 33. Yeah. Clock's, clock's ticking. Yep. Clock's ticking, man. So it, why not do it in your physical prime? You right. got time to step away. It's not like your husband's hurting for money. Right. You know, it's not like the family's hurting. I think he's probably doing all right. Probably the top earner in the company. Um, he's definitely top three for sure. So I think you guys are doing all right financially. If that was Jim Cornette's concern, yeah. um, the hormones, I can't really speak to. I don't know about that, but um, not, not a big enough deal to, to make this kind of deal about it. And I'll defend Jim Cornette until I die about most things. This is not one of them. Is he is he married with kids? Is Jim does Jim Cornette have kids? Uh, Cornette is married. I, I do not believe he has any children. Oh, then what the fuck does he know about it? Like it's just like it's like well, how do you know? I don't what the situation. Yeah, exactly. He's I just trying to know. he's just trying to rattle the cage. And you're right. And I think it's shitty because he went after a friend of his and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is in essence his uh, you know intended is uh, probably his fiance and will be married to her at some point down the road and they're having a child together. You know the mother of his child. That's that's real deep shit. That's primal stuff you're messing with there. And as you said, it's southern but it's not a southern approach it's a southern no, guy <laughs> saying anti-southern things in yeah. my opinion because the fa the south prides itself on family prides itself on those values of having know, children it's backwards so, right it's, it's yeah, completely exactly. backwards it seems weird that you would think this is a negative situation you know so uh overall and i appreciate uh seth rollins is very measured comments uh that were that you can tell he's pained to have to even have to deal with this stuff i mean who wakes yeah. up one morning going oh great this guy i had a really strong relationship with professionally and probably personally is crapping all over my wife's decision i mean you can always you can you, i bet you can even imagine becky lynch being upset about this like legitimately hurt by this kind sure. of stuff uh overall and it's kind of inadvertently fits the narrative again that people have been saying politically old white men telling young women what to do with their bodies what they can and can't do with their bodies it fits that political narrative as well so all kinds of things about this are wrong just wrong on so many levels and unless he apologizes 
And no matter how much he tries to defend it, he's completely in the wrong here. Not going to happen. Exactly. He didn't apologize about the fried chicken comment and lost his gig there at NWA Power. But double down, actually, on that. He doubled right. He doubled down exactly. So, uh, and uh, he tried to walk them back a little bit. I think recently Jim did, but it really not really was that much of a walk back. So, in the end, he's just going to say what he needs to say, I guess, to appease his fans and keep the views. But I think it's such a massive mistake, and it sends a bad message to young female wrestlers who are coming up in the business. Hey, these, these cronies, these old fogies still get to tell you what to do or want to uh, offer their opinions of what you should do. I don't know. It just, it strikes me wrong on so many levels, brother. I, I will, I will shout out a few uh, women that have had children and come back. I mean, you have Maurice, she had a kid, Maurice, came Maurice. back and, and did great. I love Maurice as a heel. She's excellent. She um, I don't know if she's come back anytime soon. Now they have two kids, so I don't know if she's gonna have the time. Then you got uh, Brie Bella, of course, wrestled after she had a child. Right. Uh, you know, tr- you mentioned Trish. Trish is a great example. Uh, left the business for her kids to start a family. Right. Really came back better than ever. Like I thought she was really great in her last couple runs. So, yep. yeah, man, women having babies coming back kicking ass. That's the way you do it. And uh, something, something else about uh, Jim Cornette, man. Like it, it, I always say, if you're going to listen to a Jim Cornette podcast, he has two a week. On Monday, he does the Cornette drive through because it's it's just a Q and A with fans. So, right. fan asks him a question about anything, he'll answer it, and he goes into such great detail about classic wrestling it is worth your time to listen to now the cornet experience is the other one now it can range from uh talking about old school uh bluegrass music to why donald trump's the worst person on planet earth and for that it is worth a listen as well but if you want to listen to and get some great history stick with cornet's drive-thru you cannot go wrong you're not going to hear a lot of controversial stuff on the Mm drive-thru unless it's just opinion based you're probably not going to hear this becky lynch stuff i wouldn't imagine yeah yeah mickey james yes mickey james oscar in the chat right three james came back from his kid as well of course three kids yeah love mickey James. james look fantastic yeah john cena knows all about that anyway um so All right, let's move on to our next uh, news item there, uh, Aaron. As we, We'll see what happens, and uh, we'll see if Seth Rollins finds Cornette and knocks him out. We'll see. I don't think anybody will fault him. But, yeah, please, uh, what's our next thing, Aaron? All right, so this one's a little bit another piece of somber news. Uh, Ember Moon was on WWE backstage this week. She was talking about her injury. I was wondering where she was, too. Like, yeah. I, I'm a big Ember Moon fan. And she was talking about her Achilles injury and that it may actually, she's coming to grips with this may actually be a career ending injury. Yeah. And we may never see Ember Moon back in the ring again. And if that is true, that's devastating because she yep. is one of these people, man, that came up in that NXT that really got under undervalued when she yep. was there. Like she was kicking ass and that top rope eclipse. Damn, that was one great. Of the, one of the best finishers in the business. It's excellent. She does it great. Ha- has had a little bit of the injury bug, had the Achilles injuries, had a couple shoulder injuries that kind of pushed her back. But damn, man, she had an excellent match with Bailey at SummerSlam a couple years ago, which I thought was going to put her up to the top. And yeah. it just didn't really work out for her. But I hate you hate to hear this anytime, like any sport, you hate to hear this when somebody may have to walk away uh earlier than expected. Yeah. Well, I mean, her comments, uh, I don't know if you read them, Aaron. Uh uh, before we started the show, I'm, I'm sure you, you know all about them, but she said uh, real quick, I look back at my career in WWE. I've been here five years. I look back and yeah, should have been the one to defeat Oscar streak or all man, me and Bailey from SummerSlam. I wish I'd done more. That was already a great match, but here she is. I wish I'd done more. The more and more I sit back and look at everything I'd redo, I think about my injury currently, realizing that I may have a career-ending injury. I'm coming back from the hardest injury, and I might not have a chance to redeem myself of all the things I wanted to do and and I wanted to do in my future. It's so hard to look back and regret when I try to look forward. Uh, And then she followed up by saying, I keep looking forward because this is what I love. This is my passion. This is the only thing I've ever wanted to do for myself. And I want that opportunity to not look back, but to look forward and be better than ever before. It's so hard to look back. I'm going to prove you guys that I'm worth redeeming those mistakes and those regrets. It's just going to be a while before I do so. So you know, strong comments, not necessarily walking away. She's going to try to rehab this thing and see where she's at. But this could be a, a, an Andrew Luck situation, right? Where like, what's the point? It's too exhausting to keep re, re, uh, rehabbing these injuries. 
I've made my money. Let me, I'm still young. Let me go find out what else I can do with my life, you know? And so certainly there might be opportunities there for Amber to become a trainer or to move on to a completely sure. different career as Trish did starting her yoga business. Like there's possibilities for a young woman like her who's determined and driven and has climbed the ranks to achieve a certain status and a certain level. And yeah, I agree. Once again, WWE creative messing up another black wrestlers run another black wrestlers uh, uh, storylines. In my opinion, she should have, absolutely won those belts she should have totally beaten oscar at some point she should have been established way more than she was they started they introduced her well but then once again they kind of blew it and giving her storylines and some of these matches and she's a young talent high-flying talent and yeah you're, the injuries probably stopped some of those runs from fully being realized but she's an incredible athlete naomi's another one like two black female mm. black wrestlers they just keep dropping the ball in how to book them but somehow they can figure out bailey somehow they can figure out charlotte they can figure out becky they can figure out all these other white women you've got to be able to figure out white uh, black wrestlers as well for god's sakes and give them a little bit of uh, the same run that you're giving the white wrestlers so to me it's just unfortunate because ember's an incredible athlete dude yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, her and Asuka in NXT had some bangers, man. Like, there's mm -hmm. no doubt about that. And, you know, she beat Shayna Baszler when Shayna Baszler was just getting really started in NXT. And I think that's kind of what did her in. It's like the people in NXT saw Shayna Baszler and they're like, all right, well, we got Ember Moon as champion, but we really like Shayna Baszler. So right. let's get Shayna there and let's go ahead and take Ember and move her up to the main roster. And I mean, it wasn't it wasn't no fluke. She came up on Raw on her first night and beat Alexa Bliss, who had just lost the women's championship. So right. she beat the former women's champion in her first night. So Ember Moon started off great, but then yeah. again, that injury bug, man, the shoulder got her, and now the Achilles got her. And I'm yeah. telling you, man, a couple years ago, or maybe maybe it's this past year, I didn't know that she had been injured for so long, but I was like thinking that maybe they were going to go with her at um like when they had the trip the match between Ronda and Becky only at WrestleMania. So this was a couple of years oh, ago. Oh yeah. And I thought since Oscar was the SmackDown champion, they would go with Ember Moon on the other side, right. and they would have Ember Moon versus Asuka, and that would have been friggin' amazing, because those two just have such great chemistry with one another, they like each other, they're friends, and I think that would have been really something to push Ember Moon to the top, and she's had, you know, she's had some opportunities, and some things haven't gone her way, and she's admitted that, but I could definitely see a career for her as an announcer, she's on, or not as an announcer, but like as a backstage talent, like mm. on WWE Backstage, she's great, she's really yeah. great at that, and she, I know she does a lot with, um, up, up, down, down, the video game stuff. She's a big gamer. So I could see her like going to E3 and, and being like a correspondent or Why doing not? stuff like that. Be, yeah. be in the, you know, the, what do they call it? Uh, E-gaming, be that kind of person. I could see her doing that because she's she just loves that environment and loves that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. I, I, I know it's like really sad to, to watch these kind of things and you're hurt and you just want, all you want to do is get back in that ring. And maybe she just had a moment of, you know, I'm doubting myself. But I hope it's not. I hope it really turns around. I hope she gets to come back in some capacity because you see somebody like Paige that's her yeah. and, and can never come back. And it's just it, it's really a pain in the ass to watch. And and I, I just hope everything turns around for her because she's a great person. And, you know, I hope, I hope everything turns around. Well, you bring up a great point, Aaron. Sometimes people just in there when they're in the situation, especially with the self-isolation, the self-lockdown, plus your rehabbing injuries, or even if you yeah. wanted to leave, it's encouraged for you not to leave the house. You know, you, you can go a little stir crazy, maybe get inside your head too much. I mean, the fact that she's looking back and regretting, that's a terrible thing to do because there's that's there's no end to that black pit. There's no end to that once you start going down into that, going, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. I could have done this. You'll just keep cycling all the way down uh, until you hit the bottom, you know, and uh, it's not a pretty place down there. So uh, she did what she did. There's nothing she can do to change it. Just move forward. Keep rehabbing and focus on what you're going to do when you get back. And a little bit of that shown through on the second half of her comments. So hopefully that's more the prevalent mentality than the mentality of, oh, I'm looking back on all the stuff that I could have done better, that could have worked out better for me, uh, stuff like that. Because there's no that doesn't help you in any way, shape or form. Uh, the other more positive point of view will help her. Uh, and, you know, we'll see. And if she doesn't make it back and if it's an injury that keeps her out of wrestling, uh, like you said, I think there's other options for her in the video game okay. industry or what have you where she can shine just as powerfully uh, as a correspondent. And look, as a guy who found his way in this, 
who wanted to be an actor for 15 years. I've never been happier over the last five years doing this than I ever was in those 15 years I was acting. This is more joy. And so sometimes it may not work out what you intended or what you in initially intended to do. Uh, another thing appears. And if you follow that path correctly, it may be something that's a, a lot better for you and more fulfilling for sure. Uh, yeah, and I see. I was actually looking ahead to the chat there. I see uh, Mur Mur Tarancha. I'm sorry, I can't see. Um, he's saying that Up Up Down Down got two million subscribers pretty fast. So Up Up Down Down is not something that WWE even really talks about a lot. But yeah. it's Xavier Woods. He started that uh, Up Up Down Down video game channel. They do a lot of awesome stuff on there, man. There's there's a one video where they go and they go to this guy's house and he has every video game ever made. Wow. And it's wild. It's it's wild to watch. But yeah, man, like him and AJ Styles and Kofi and like all yeah. these gamer guys, Tyler Breeze, like Ember Moons, Lena Vega, like they all go and just play video games and chat with each other. It's kind of awesome to watch. Wow. So I could see her doing much more with that in the future. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be great for her. Why not? I mean, it's not like Xavier Woods is winning titles anytime soon, so it's a good well, way to keep her. So <laughs> right, kind of right, exactly, exactly. Uh, but Murtoranto follows up saying that channel is literally keeping Tyler Breeze's job. Probably so. so. Hey, man, Probably so. Do what you got to do in that way, in that situation. So, you know, we send the best out to Ember, Ember and hope she comes back as a wrestler. And if she doesn't come back, we hope a path opens up to her that brings her uh, nothing but happiness because she deserves it. She's a great talent. And, you know, if you watch her and tough enough and how she had to fight through everything to get to where she got to, you got to give her nothing but love. You know, this could be a Derrick Rose situation where just too many injuries and you just kind of have to adjust your game if you want to stay in it or just take or take a break and just go and figure out something else to do. We'll see for sure. Um, all right. Any last things we want to talk about here as we wrap it up in the last five minutes, Aaron, any last things you want to plug or talk about? Um, I'm really excited for, uh, okay. Well, I guess oh, I should mention. double or nothing. We should talk about double or nothing. Sure. Crap. Sure. Sure. Let's do, let me bring that up real quick. Maybe we'll add a few minutes to the show. Let me bring up the card and see what you think is going to happen at the card. Um, cause that was, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, we put up the presser for uh, the media briefing that happened for AEW double to nothing with Cody Rhodes there. He was answering questions from the press. Aaron, unfortunately didn't get a chance to answer a question, but still it's a good thing to listen to, but Aaron went representing strong style. So, which I appreciate madly. And, uh, we posted up, it's like a 30 minute video up there for you all to listen to on the outlaw on the outlaw nation channel under the strong style banner. So we put it up and already it's got like 400 views, 500 views. So go and listen to that and see what Cody thinks about what he thinks is going to happen this weekend and why this pay-per-view is like a very important pay-per-view in this young company's history, according to him. So, all right, now let's start from the bottom to the top, my man. Uh, AEW uh, Private Party versus Best Friends, which is the buy-in pre-show. Any thoughts on that one? Well, Cody said in the press in his presser, he said that the the best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta were really two guys that are on the come up and could be uh, number one contenders pretty soon. So that tells me that uh, they will go over Private Party. But I do love the hell out of Private Party; they are awesome, awesome to watch. All right, uh, uh, Cody's brother uh, Dustin taking on Sean Spears, a last minute addition to the card. Uh, thoughts on this one? The chairman, Sean Spears, who I really have not liked since he came to AEW, now I kind of like him. I like what he's doing. Uh, you know, the former Ty Dillinger married to uh, one half of the Iconics, Peyton Royce, not going to be mad about that. Oh. Um, yes, sir. And going up against Dustin Rhodes, I mean, Dustin is better than ever doing the DDP yoga thing. I actually think Sean Spears is going to get a victory here. I think that it's long overdue for him to make some kind of run. He had the thing with Cody last year that really, really didn't take off uh, like it should have. So uh, I think he'll get a big statement win here. Okay. All right. Now, Britt Baker taking on Chris Statlander. Uh, brought, Baker locked Statlander in the lockjaw outside the ring during a, a four-way match on May 13th. With these ladies, uh, Baker upped the attack by refusing to release the hold after the match, with le which led to this bout. Who you got in this one? Well, unfortunately, this match ain't going to happen because oh, yeah. Britt Baker uh, tore her ACL. Oh. Is, the, is MCL, ACL something is the rumor that happened this week on Dynamite. Oh, uh, that she had a serious knee injury and may be out about six to nine months. So, unfortunately, wow. this one's off the card. And it's a real shame because Britt Baker was one of these people that they brought in as a baby face thinking she would be yeah. the face of the women's division. And it completely backfired and was not good. And then she turned heel and all of a sudden she had a character and it was great. And I really wanted to see uh, what she could do. And she is a dentist here in Orlando. So, Hey, 
Shout out to her. She's the doctor. Any truth to uh, the Adam Cole situation with her that uh, apparently WWE's banned Adam Cole from going to any of her AEW matches? Um, that would be funny. Um, I, I don't think that's true. I, I mean, he's probably not going to uh, Dynamite tapings when there's like nobody there, but I'm sure she's she was in the crowd at TakeOver and they showed her on camera at NXT TakeOver. So All I'm right. sure that's not true. Yeah. All right. Sure. Does this affect Chris Satlander and a little bit of her run as well? Like where she's kind of lost in no man's land a little bit, right? Yeah, now? she's kind of she's been on a great run too. I've really liked yeah. seeing uh, what she's done. Trained by the the late uh, cut of Kurt Hawkins from the WWE, so uh, comes from that school, the same school that produced MJF as well. So mm-hmm. she's been on a bit of a run. I don't I don't know what is in the cards for her, but uh, it's a shame this could have been a premier match on this uh, card, but not to be. Any chance they throw her into this then? We'll move on to that, the AEW Women's Championship. I mean, Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida, no DQ. Any chance she comes in somehow and chooses sides and affects the match? Is it kind of giving her a new storyline to play with? I don't know. She's had her chances uh, at the AEW Women's title so far, but I think, you know, they're leaning on uh, Shida pretty hard. They like what she's doing. They like, uh, you know, she has a real wholesome image and they like that. But Nyla Rose is this beast that comes in there. She's like the the Brock Lesnar, the women's division coming in and kicking everybody's ass. Right. Uh, very similar to Nia Jax in that in that sense. Um, a little less dangerous. But uh, yeah, I th- I think Nyla you Rose is going to take. Yeah, you like that. <laughs> I think uh, Nyla Rose is going to take this. Uh, no problem. Okay, but you don't think Satlander will find her way? No, in there no, I think, no, I think she's all. just going to be okay. MJF uh, versus your boy MJF versus uh, Jungle Boy. Um, finally, MJF can stop. Uh, you know walking around with his scarf and actually getting the damn ring uh, after all these injuries have finally come to uh, kind of gotten healed here. What do you think about this one? I think it's going to be a great match. I think what's going to happen is jungle boy is going to make you think that he's going to beat MJF, but at the last minute, that son of a bitch MJF is going to pull some kind of dirty tactic and win the match as he should, because he's a dick heel. As he should. <laughs> okay. Uh, the casino ladder match, uh, Darby Allen versus Oh, Cole Cabana at go Cabana. Boom, Orange boom, Cassidy. Uh, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, uh, Frankie Kazarian. Frankie Kazarian is over there. Luchasaurus and some mystery competitor. Okay, who wins this and who is the mystery competitor and how the hell can they put all those people in one AEW ring, for God's sakes? I don't know. It's going to be crazy. Uh, The mystery person, I don't know, because Ray Phoenix is also hurt. So I don't, but he may be good to go. So I don't know if... I don't know if they'll need to replace Phoenix as well. I mean, I'm thinking a lot of people are thinking it's some kind of WWE cast off. Could it be mm-hmm. Drew Gulak, whose who's, uh, contract just recently ran out? Could be. Could it be Brian Cage, who has been rumored to be with AEW? Could be. I don't, I honestly have no clue, but I tell you who I want to win this ladder match okay. Scorpio Sky. Because Scorpio okay. Sky, I think, has top main eventer potential. He had a match with Chris Jericho for the AEW world title a couple months ago. And it was great. He had a, did a great promo against Chris Jericho. He's a believable guy and he's a good looking guy. Great bod, great springy moves in the ring. Looks great. Looks like a million bucks. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a black man. Uh, but we need more of those on top for sure. And yeah, he's a true. guy that can really be the face of that company. And so I want Scorpio's guy to kick some ass. Okay. Okay. CBS is predicting Ray Phoenix, uh, but okay. Scorpio's guy. Let it be. Cause the winner gets a shot at the AEW world title. So I'm hoping cool. Scorpio sky is that guy. All right. Uh, stadium stampede match here. Matt Hardy and the elite versus the inner circle. Um, this was supposed to happen, I guess, before the pandemic situation went down, uh, during dynamite in New Jersey. And now it's uh, back on the card thoughts on this one. Yeah, this was supposed to be a blood and guts match. Um, Mm. you know, also known as the, the war games match in, in, in WWE, but yeah, Matt Hardy comes in, hasn't won a match on TV for like three years, which is wild. When I saw that stat, that's pretty crazy. Um, you know, gets up here with Kenny Omega and hangman page and all these guys. And now they're going to get the inner circle. I tend to think that the inner circle is going to take it just because I feel like the elite's been really getting over the inner circle lately. Um, you know, Jericho and his gang. So I think that Jericho is going to pull and his, his guys are going to pull this one out over the elite. Okay. Never doubt me. AEW TNT Championship here. We got Cody Rhodes uh, versus Lance Lance Archer. Cody teased in the media briefing that he thinks this match is going to really tear the house down. So uh, what do you think is going to happen? I think it it may be too – a lot of people may be thinking it's too soon to give Lance Archer a loss, but I think it's actually – 
the probably the right time to do it right now. Do it early, you know, get it out of the way. When the crowd comes back, they're not even going to think about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cody, Cody's your guy, man. Cody's the yeah. face of your franchise. Cody's your champion. He's not going to be your world champion due to previous stipulations and against NJF, but I like Cody to win this TNT championship, and I think he should be a guy that holds it for a long time. I love Cody unapologetically, so. Yeah, fair enough. And you should. I mean, for God's sakes, he's making this thing work. Uh, and finally, the last match is the AEW World of Championship. John Moxley, who's the champion, taking on Brody Lee. Um, interesting stuff here between a lot of history here. Uh, and what was happening with uh, Moxley and his uh, relationships with the inner circle now taking on Brody Lee. What do you got here? Yeah, so you got the leader of the Dark Order and uh, Mr. Brody Lee, formerly Luke Harper of WWE, and uh, John Moxley, the World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, I mean, I think it's just too early for John Moxley to lose the strap after he pretty much just won it. I think he's had one title defense against uh, Jake Hager. So I think it's a little too early for him to lose that title. I think John Moxley is somebody they want to ride for a long time. Uh, they got a lot going in him, a lot of merch, a lot of time invested in John Moxley. So I think he'll keep it rolling here. Oh, oh. All right. Well, there you go. That's your predictions for this weekend's AEW double or nothing. All elite wrestling double or nothing happening this weekend on Sunday night. Don't forget uh, to listen to that uh, brief, uh, presser, the media briefing that we put up on uh, here on the outlaw nation under the strong style banner and give it some love. Just one last check to make sure we haven't missed any uh, stream labs or super tests. Before we wrap this thing up. We did not. All right. Well, thank you all so much. Please subscribe below to the Outlaw Nation channel. Get us marching towards 15,000 subscribers and moving towards 20,000 right after that as much as you can. Aaron, where can they find you and everything you're doing, my man? You can find me on Twitter at only Aaron Turner, where I will be talking about and buying wrestling figures. That's me. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, you can always follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. See everything I got going on as well. Uh, and please remember, I'm on Twitch now, the Outlaw Nation, all one word, lowercase. I'll be doing a lot more Twitch uh, coming up, and also I'll be on Facebook Live a lot more on the Outlaw Nation Facebook group, which started two years ago, run by my friend Mike Shea. Uh, please go and get what well, we became friends as soon as he started running it. But go and uh, subscribe to that. We're looking for entrance for a new Schmodown reaction show that want, that we want to do there on the Outlaw Nation Facebook page and on YouTube. I will have no affiliate. I'm not producing it or on it or anything like that, but I'd like, I thought it was a good idea to start one and have the guys uh, put people in motion to make it happen. So if you've ever been interested about breaking down the Schmodown and talking about the Schmodown, especially if you've got pro wrestling experience and chops uh, and knowledge of that, you should get involved with that and start talking and watching the Schmodown. Go and apply. I think it's Deputy Mike Shea at gmail.com. Sounds um, familiar. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's it. I got it. That's it. We're done. Uh, thank you all so much for watching us live. My Friday is over. I'm going to go relax. Aaron, thanks again for joining me here live on every week on Strong Style. It's been a blast doing the show with you, my friend. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, enjoy yes, everything sir. you got doing. And are you going to watch Double or Nothing? Are you watching it too? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch Double or Nothing. And maybe I'll do a little live tweet about it. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week since you know, nothing else is going on, for God's sake. Yeah, I'll find something. <laughs> I'll find my way to watch it. That's for Darren sure. I'll send you all a right. It's right. <laughs> All right. And I'm going to go off and watch that WrestleMania 10 match now with Bret Hart versus Owen Hart in honor of that man right up there. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a great rest of your weekend. And we'll talk to you next week with another live episode of Strong Style here on the Outlaw Nation Network.